and online at 960thebull.com. Your home for CBS Sports Radio, WRNS Kinston, Sports Talk 960 The Bull. CBS Sports Radio. And welcome to Hour 2 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. I am Brian Hanks. If you missed our first hour, you missed a heck of an hour. We had Junius Smith the third on from ENC Moments. We talked about NIL. We went through all the uh all the great teams that are playing in our neck of the woods and prep sports we also talked to gary smith the head baseball coach at lenore community college and i'm telling you a special treat this hour absolutely uh, one of my favorite people from the minute that uh i i stepped off the ship here in lenore county back in 2002 uh he's just been one of the stalwarts one of the just great guys it's lynn hartzell from uh, I guess, how do I identify you now, Coach? I can identify you as World Series uh, Coach Lynn Hartzell. I can identify you as uh, NJCAA, National Junior College Athletic Association, Division II Commissioner Lynn Hartzell. Uh, father, uh, what else? Well, I guess you're still with Craven too, right? Oh, no. I retired in June of 21. They named me uh, full-time commissioner in Region 10, so... That is my full-time job. I did get 30 years in with the state, so very proud of that. But uh, officially, I'm the uh, commissioner of Region 10, which are all the two-year schools with athletics in Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and I'm also the men's director. Uh, so I kind of pulled double duty there. And as you said, I am the D2 uh, committee baseball chair, so I'll be heading out to Enid, Oklahoma in a few weeks for 10 days. I got to tell you, Coach, and I know, listen, you're the Region 10 commissioner. You can't show bias towards any program or anything like that, but I got to tell you, Coach, I'm kind of hoping that little team uh, or that little school over on, uh, you know, US 70 that uh, has the initial initials LCC, I hope they're heading out to Enid, Oklahoma with you, okay? Well, uh, I've gone <laughs> solo out there quite a few years. I would love to take some familiar faces with me, but uh, Coach Smith's had a great year this year. And I tell you, man, when they show up at the field, they don't necessarily pass the look test, but Coach Smith has got those guys playing so hard. They're never out of the game. They scratch and claw. Uh, you know, not great stuff on the mound, but they throw strikes. They play defense. And I tell you, man, they, they can swing the bat. They don't they don't get cut short on, on uh, swinging the bat. So Coach Smith's done a great job over there. And – Interestingly enough, I've, I've told people this, uh, the most wide-open Region 10 Division II tournament we've ever had, I truly believe six out of the eight teams could win this thing. Wow. And, and that tournament, again, begins. We've been talking about it all week, Coach. That tournament begins tomorrow in uh, Moorhead City. Uh, game one, uh, Brunswick against Patrick and Henry. Game two, Catawba Valley versus Bryant and Stratton. Game three, Cleveland Community College. My old stomping grounds, Coach, uh, in, <laughs> in Shelby and Kings Mountain, that neck of the woods, uh, taking on Pitt. And then Lenore against Wake Tech in the nightcap. And, uh, I, I, I got to pick on you. It's, I don't know if it's on you, but you, you get, they've got these games scheduled out three hours a piece coach. I don't know if I've been to an LCC game, uh, that's been less than three hours. Come on now, coach. We got to put like four hours between these games and let them, heck we'll let them start at 9am, maybe even eight thirty AM, sir. You know, uh, you, you'll have to, uh, give that information <laughs> for the teams that start at eight thirty or nine. Um, you're right. Three hours is not enough, but when you're planning a tournament, uh, you don't want what I call dead time around the stadium where we're waiting for start time of a game. Uh, you want to minimize that. Uh, we kind of ran into that issue when we hosted the D3 World Series in Kent, and we were catching a little bit of heat about it. We do in Enid as well, but uh, all it takes is one run-shortened game, and you're back on schedule. Uh, Sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't. Um, but like I said, I just dead time in a stadium is not good. Well, again, that's Lynn Hartzell. You're listening to Region 10 Commissioner Lenore County legend here on the uh, line with us here on the Spence Automotive Guest Line. Coach, I, gosh, so much. I, I've got, we've got about 30 minutes here to talk, and I've, in my head, I've got about 30 questions, so I want to go down memory lane with you, Coach. And first off, I want to thank you, thank you, thank you for hooking me up with Drew Meadows for uh, Monday's show. 
What a treat that was. And I knew he would be a great guest, Coach. I just didn't realize how great. It's going to be like with you. I mean, 30 minutes goes by in five minutes, sort of. But uh, I want to go down memory lane with you, kind of like what we did with Drew on Monday. And that 2004 team, Coach, which I don't want you to fall out of your chair when I tell you this, but it's almost 20 years ago, sir. Oh, hey, I feel it every morning I try to get up. <laughs> there you go. But I want to go down memory lane with that, Coach, especially with all the success that LCC is having right now. And, you know, uh, basically brought back from the brink of uh, the program basically folding. I mean, nobody wants to talk about it on the record, but, I mean, this team that we have right now, this program, this baseball program was really – not in a very good place four or five years ago. And I'm not saying it was that way before you took over the LCC program because it was a pretty good shape, but no one had ever taken them to the heights that you did. And talking to Drew the other day, and, Coach, I got to tell you, hearing all those old names, you know, Jared Sutton <laughs> and, and Otto and uh, what, uh, oh, uh, the coach up in uh, – uh, Blake Herring. I mean, uh, all, all, Herring. Yeah, all these yeah. great names, Coach. When you, I just, I want to take you down memory lane, Coach Hartzell. And when you think about that 2004 team and even the teams before that, but specifically that 2004 World Series team, what are, what are the thoughts, what are the memories that come to your mind, sir? Well, you know, that 2003 team the year before, a lot of those same position players played for us in 2004. Um and I did to the best of my ability for the pitchers and position players not to get, to get into full-out brawls each day because, you know, we were a little bit short position player-wise. They were working through some things. But, I mean, we had a pitching staff like Lenore Community College never had in 2003. We had uh, six guys that were 90 or better when 90 was legitimate. Uh, I don't know how legitimate 90 miles an hour is today. Um, our staff ERA didn't rise above three until the region tournament, but we hit 257 as a team. Um, that's what's amazing about the 2014. That same core group of position players came back and worked their rear ends off, and we hit, I think it was like 318, 319 as a team. Um, you know, a few additions, but for the most part, uh, it was the same core guys. So, uh, you know, they were talented. They were fighters, kind of like this year's uh, Lenore team. But uh, another big name not mentioned the other day, and I know you can't remember them all, but Aaron Ramp, our third baseman that year, had a crazy great year. Uh, I think he ended up with 79 RBIs. <laughs> God. Which is, which is unheard of. Um, but he was a big cog. He was missing from the 2003 team. Uh, but he came back for 2014, and, and uh, it, it was magical. Um, like Drew said, it was our first year playing Division II. Um, didn't really know what we were getting into. It was us in Southeastern. Uh, Chuck Baldwin was the coach at the time who led Southeastern and us in the going Division II. Uh, and then we went up to Catonsville, not knowing – what to expect up there and found a way to, to win the district. And then we were only to Enid, uh, excuse me, I keep saying Enid, <laughs> Millington, Tennessee. Uh, thought we planned out the trip well for the first time we'd ever been. We stopped at uh, uh, Tennessee Tech and had a workout, spent the night and finished the drive the next day. But, uh, you know, it was, it was a lot of great memories, a lot of great times. And I tell you, I'm bragging on those kids there's only one first, and that was the first thing from Lenore Community College that went to the World Series. So very proud of them. Uh, a lot of those guys are doing great things today, and that's the biggest win you're going to have when you're coaching a, a college baseball program is, you know, you want to be successful while they're in your program, but, you know, what are they doing for the rest of their life? And there are a lot of those guys doing a lot of positive things. And it was really neat uh, when we, uh, with the Kansas of the North County Sports Hall of Fame, when they were inducted back in 2019 into that, that just so much fun and getting to see those guys again. And again, having, uh, having him on the show on Monday and just bringing up all those old, those names. And as he was talking, even as you did right then, coach, just, I can't even begin to tell you the smile on my face, just listening to those names and just a good time you. And I got to thank you. You let me kind of be embedded with your team a little bit. I mean, I got to do the, the like we talked about with him the other day, you let me ride the bus with you up to Catonsville. That was just a freaking blast 
uh, listening to all the guys. Yeah, they rested some, but just, you know, <laughs> it, it had been a minute since I had been, you know, on something like that. I mean, I hadn't been on a bus trip with athletes in a long time. And then when we got to Millington, and, and the way you opened all the practices, uh, or how you, I'm sorry, how you closed practices was, and I didn't even know what Millington meant until about five or six games of the season when I asked him, like, why are y'all closing your practices with Millington? You told me what it was. You knew that early on, though, Coach, that that was a special team you had out there at Lancer Field, didn't you, sir? Well, I had to change my mindset a little bit, Coach, and, and I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, the best thieves in the world are coaches. And uh, East Carolina, when Keith LeClaire was there, they ended their uh, huddles with Omaha. I said, well, uh, <laughs> I, think I know what we can do in Lancerville. So uh, we started ending it with Millington. But, um, you know, when we were Division One, and we in 01, we finished runner-up in the comp, in the region tournament, D1 tournament uh, down in Spartanburg. And, you know, we got to the final game, and we were just spent, gassed, no pitching. Um, and Chuck, Chuck Baldwin, I got to give him a lot of credit, too, Um he was the coach at Southeastern at the time. And, you know, if that's a name that you kind of remember, he was ACC player of the year at Clemson in 85. He's from Whiteville, got drafted by the Indians, and he played part of a season for the Kinston Indians as well. Um, so he uh, and his son, Brooks Baldwin, just played at Wilmington and got drafted. But um, Chuck and, and I said, you know, why are we banging our head trying to get to somewhere that, you know, we'll probably never be? Our funding's not close to Division One, um, so you know we made the decision to go Division Two in 2004. Um, Chuck kind of changed careers. Uh, Southeastern got a new coach, but um, it, here's what's amazing about Division Two athletics in Region Ten: we were majority Division Two in baseball, softball, men and women's basketball, and volleyball by 2007-2008. Wow! So that's how quickly division two grew in region 10 but you know when you don't have dorms like most of us don't you're gonna have a hard time being a legitimate division one team so it's been good it was good for lenore at the time it's been good for region 10 and and we were very proud to to be but but you know going to division two going to the world series was a reality being division one going to grand junction that that would be kind of tough well, regardless of how we got there and all that, like I said, it was just it was neat the way you broke uh, how you would break practice every day and just the trip there. And again, Catonsville, I had never been there before, and that's just two a, of us. There you go, there you go. Hadn't even heard of it before. But here's what's amazing, though, Coach. You know, when you've never been somewhere before, you visit there, or you know, like like you did when you went up there and you won the berth to the uh, college or to the uh, NJCAA World Series in Millington. It seems like now I hear Catonsville two or three times a year for something. Are you the same way with right. that kind of stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I knew, knew about them before, but I was in the business. Um, but, oh, oh absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, they Region 20, which is Maryland, Western Pennsylvania, is very much like Region 10. <clears throat> they play across all three divisions, don't have a whole lot of money, don't have dorms at their colleges. So, uh, it, it's been a lot of good competition over the years between Region 10 and, and Region 20. Uh, Frederick's kind of run the roost uh, up in Region 10 the last few years as far as making it to the World Series out of there. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, and look, we played, uh, I don't know if you remember, but in 2005, Catonsville came down and played us midweek. Yep. yep. And, uh, <clears throat> We played them a single game on their on the getaway day, and they had an eight round draft pick on who would be an eight round draft pick on the mound. He one hit us, and we had a guy named Anthony Hernandez that played at uh, Mount Olive. He no hit them. Uh, that that nine inning baseball game took an hour and twelve minutes. Coach, I swear to God, I now I couldn't remember that it was only seventy two minutes, but I was 
thinking it was under an hour and a half. Yes, yeah. I absolutely wow. do remember that game. We made a big deal of it with the free press too, since it was a rematch of uh the you know, the divisional series or yeah, whatever. District, yeah. Yeah, or district, yes. And it was uh an hour into imagine that, coach, in this day and age, uh, and that was a nine that was a nine inning game too. People need to know it that. Was. It wasn't yeah. a seven inning game. That was a no. nine inning hour and twelve minute game, coach. Yeah, I think Carl Lancaster, like he normally did, the f- former coach at Mount Olive, he showed up traditionally late. <laughs> and I think he showed up about uh, 30 minutes after it started, and we were already in like the fifth inning and sixth <laughs> inning. And he said, what time did y'all start? I said, one o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it, it was just – it was amazing what was going on on the mound for both guys that, with that day. But like I said uh, – their kid one hit us, and no hit them. We won one to nothing. It was uh, it was a crazy game. Coach, I, I I hope we get a couple of those this week down in the region to turn in Morehead City. That would be nice. I but uh, I tell you, man, with with uh, with the bats and and it's just a different mindset today, baseball wise. Uh, you know, it's uh, hit a home run or strike out, and and you know it's sad, but pitching wise, it's not about filling the zone full of strikes and getting out. It's, uh, you know, what velocity I can reach on the mound or what spin rate I can put on the ball. Uh, it, it, it's sad where we're getting, but, uh, you know, I still think there's good old-fashioned baseball out there somewhere. See, I'm the same way, Coach. And maybe maybe it's because we're two old fellows now here, sir. But uh, No doubt. <laughs> but, no doubt. But I'm that fan. I am a fan of the one to nothing, two to one, where the yes. pitchers go deep into the game. And instead, you, you talk to these – not that I'm going to throw Junior Smith III under the bus here, but he's that guy I'm assuming. And, you know, these younger reporters and these younger guys, they love 13 to 10 games and 16 yep. to 12 games. And that's not baseball to me, Coach. Baseball to me. Uh, the manager like you the coach you know being out there okay the guy on the mound he's at 102 pitches but you know he struck out 12 and we're in the seventh inning do i go with him in the eighth do i you know we're up one to nothing do i go with him in the eighth do i bring somebody in what does lynn (laughs) hartzell do in 2023 in that situation coach that's a great question and i'm glad i don't have to answer it because uh it, it what's going on out there today at times i don't recognize um Obviously, you want to be careful. Somebody's help with the pitch count. You got to know where they are, uh, pitch wise. But, you know, a lower scoring game, small things become magnified because it could be the difference in the almighty win and loss. In a 13 to 10 game, there are a lot of things that could have happened different that would have uh, made a different outcome. But, you know, I mean, missing a cutoff man, a pass fall, an untimely walk or error. Uh, situational hitting that that's huge in low scoring games and it kind of get lo- gets lost when it's uh so i, I think uh, what you're saying brian is you and i are more of the baseball purist <laughs> side than the entertainment side yeah i am <laughs> I, I, now I will say the one part though coach and i okay we're getting off task here but i knew this was going to happen having you on here coach hartson i don't mind whatsoever but I got to tell you, and yes, I'm going to look at Major League and even co- uh, D1 college baseball is using now the pitch clock. If there's yeah. one thing, I and I don't know if you're getting ready to hang up on me or if you're going to curse me or whatever, I got to tell you, Coach Hartzell, I like the pitch clock. Well, I like it, but I'm sad that we had to implement the pitch clock because that means to me that we're not doing what we should to run a baseball game. Um and that's one thing we did at Lenore. Uh, we always said, hey, there's not a clock in baseball, but we want to have our own clock. So we would time our inter-squad scrimmages in the fall. Uh, how do you quicken up a game? Get in and out of the dugout in between innings. How do you quicken a game? First pitch strikes. How do you quicken a game? No walks, minimal error, or minimal walks, minimal errors. Even games that where you have hit, 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 that doesn't draw a game out like, you know, deep counts and errors and dragging off, off and on the field. And I'll tell you no one, I mean, taking forever to put in sig- pitch signals from, from the bench. Um, so those are things that have drawn the game out. There's a, another, and again, I mean, this is going back in history, but in 2001, Spartanburg Methodist came in here 
And, you know, they've always been very good. And we had a North and North product, Justin Kroon, left-hander, no hit them. They'd never been no hit in the program's history. Uh, we had a kid in the second game, Sammy Hewitt, who went up and started at Carolina at third base for two years. He too hit them. Uh, the first pitch of a doubleheader, two seven inning games was at one o'clock. The last out of the second game was made at three fifty six. So God. we stretch that well. And these are look that and the hour and twelve minute game. Those those aren't exceptions. I mean, we didn't play games like that all the time, but. You know, we had a sense of urgency of getting in and out of the dugout and doing things that, that sped a game up, and we implemented that in the fall. And that's what I get to tell people. They don't realize how important fall baseball is, especially for junior colleges, because, you know, you're trying to get those high school habits out. You're trying to bring the college habits into these guys on a day-in, day-out basis. And that clock thing – and it's funny, the sophomores knew – but it wouldn't take very long. The freshman would come up to us and say, hey, coach, how long did that scrimmage last today? And that's when you know you had them. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, I blame Nomar Garcia-Para. That's the one person <laughs> I think, oh, my God. And it was probably an OCD thing. It is what it is. But yeah. you know, he would step up to the plate first pitch, then he would step out, readjust his batting gloves, you know, oh, yeah. readjust everything, then step back in. And, I mean, that right there – was 20 to 25 seconds just that before the pitch even came. So I blame him and then other guys. But I got to tell you, Coach, I've really – and, you know, the Wood Ducks implemented it last year, uh, the pitch yeah. clock. And it oh, was yeah. crazy. We had back-to-back -back games. <clears throat> one was two two hours and one minute and then a one-hour and 58-minute game, both of them nine-inning games and back-to-back -back days. And, and I listen, I love baseball, Coach, and you know that. I mean, I love baseball as much as I love especially in person. Coach, I don't want to sit at a four-and-a-half-hour baseball game that's only no, nine Nobody minutes. does. Nobody does, Brian. And, and, you know, that that you keep people's attention if you play a quicker game. Yep. And I know the sales at the concession stand, this, that, and the other. <laughs> I'm not getting into the business side. but uh, And, look, my oldest son, Beecham, played worked on the grounds crew last year at, at the stadium and he will be coming back a whole lot earlier than I anticipated. And, and like you said, it was a pitch clock, but it's a shame we've got to implement a pitch clock. And to give you a little bit more Kinston lore, to go way back when, uh, can you tell me the name of a guy they called the human rain delay because in between pitches, <laughs> he would take forever getting ready for the next pitch. Tell me who it is. I don't know off the a top of A former Kinston Indian man Indians manager. That's pretty good, isn't it? It is. Who is it? Mike Hargrove. Oh, yeah. It went on to, <laughs> to manage the Cleveland Indians. And Absolutely. Did, he, did, he ended up with Boston, too, didn't he? Yeah. 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 Um, but they were, when he played, they called him the human rain delay. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> Lynn Hartzell on the line with us right now, and he is our big interview on the show today. And as always, a big interview is brought to you by UNC Lenore Healthcare, the exclusive sponsor of the big interview every day here on the Brian Hanks Show. With a medical staff of more than 100 physicians, UNC Lenore Healthcare offers a range of specialty services and technology you would only expect to find at hospitals in larger cities. Visit UNC Lenore Healthcare at 100 Airport Road right here in Kenston for all your healthcare needs or call them at 252-522-7000. You can also email them at info at lenore.org or visit a comprehensive website at unclenore.org. And again, thank you so much to Beverly Jenkins and all the folks over at UNC Lenore Healthcare for being the exclusive sponsor of the big interview. Let's not waste any time. Let's get right back to it. It's uh, the legend. Lynn Hartzell joining us this morning here on the Brian Hanks Show. And like I said, I, we've got, what, about eight or nine minutes left, and I'm not going to get to half the stuff I want to talk about. But I did want to talk. <laughs> we well, never do. <laughs> we never do. But I did want to ask you, as much of your heart and soul and sweat and tears and blood that you poured into Lenore Community College, and I know you're the Region 10 commissioner now, Coach, but you've still got to have a certain amount of pride that you have by, and again, I know you're responsible for all these schools in region 10, but there's gotta be somewhere in the back of your head that, you know, you look at LCC and especially the success they've had this year in baseball. And it's got to put a little smile on your face. Doesn't it coach? Well, it absolutely does. And, uh, you know, it's hard to deny as they say, when you wear the colors and I wore them twice as a student athlete and as, and as a coach. Um, so very happy for the community, very happy for the school. 
very happy for the athletic department and, and happy for Coach Smith and appreciative of Coach Smith coming in and, and getting it done. Um, it's not an easy task. Uh, kids don't wake up every morning of their life going, man, I think I want to go to Kenton and be a part of Lenore's baseball program. But, uh, you know, he's found some kids who think it's their best option right now. And he's getting a lot out of those guys. Uh, they're a fun team to watch. They battle. They scrap. Uh, and I tell you, when you talk about an 18 tournament, it takes that mentality uh, to have a chance to win it because, I mean, you're going to have some down times. We're looking at weather this weekend that we're going to have to make some tough decisions. So, uh, you know, I mean, here's the bottom line. I don't care what type of mindset you are as a player. When the umpire says play ball, you better be ready because the game's on at that time. Oh, absolutely. Well, this is the beauty of you being the Region 10 commissioner. You can give us a little uh, – just tell us a little bit about the region, especially this tournament that begins tomorrow. Well, of course, we're familiar with Pitt. We saw Pitt so many times this year, even Brunswick. And uh, we didn't get to – I don't think we saw Brighton Stratton here in Kenson. Maybe we did. But give us a little preview of these teams over in western North uh, Carolina, the Catawba Valley, who I got to yeah. tell you, got to see them last year, Coach. These yeah. Swedish uniforms, and I'm not denigrating anything LCC right. has or Pitt, but, man, that looked like a baseball program last year in Catawba they Valley. Are. Uh, tell us a little bit about always, these. Go ahead, yeah, sir. they've always done a good job. Uh, Cleveland is, is kind of new to the scene, but uh, they've gotten pretty good in a short time. And Patrick and Henry is, you know, they're only hitting in the 290s as a team, but they can flat-out pitch it. So, uh, that's what I'm saying, man. It's going to be a, a wide open region tournament. Um, and we got a little promotion going on. I, I know the people from around here can appreciate that, but I had to negotiate this with the city of Moorhead and the Marlins. But at the gate, if you mention Brian Hanks's name, <laughs> then you'll get a pat on the back when you walk through the gate. I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> There's no reduction on how much it costs to get in, but you will get a pat on the back. There you go. I love it. So, yeah, <laughs> hey, listeners, do that. That will be awesome. You, everybody loves a pat on the back there, Coach. There well, you go. Well, let me ask you then. You said six teams capable of winning this. And, again, you're the Region 10 commissioner. I'm not going to ask you you to pick who's going to win it but i am going to ask you i mean who are to you the favorites i mean like i said six teams capable ah. of winning it but who are the teams that you consider maybe the one or two or even three teams that you're not going to be shocked if they walk away winning this thing uh, sunday or even monday when the uh, tournament ends uh i'm not going to dodge your question but uh <laughs> I, I mean that's how wide open this thing is this okay. year okay um I, I would hate to say two or three or four teams that might win it because there's a great chance I'd leave the team out that does it. Now, and an interesting fact this year, <clears throat> and it's never occurred, but our winner of the Region 10 Division Two tournament will have to go on the road first time in a long time. You know, we had to go on the road to Maryland, yep. uh, you know, back in the day. But uh, we will go on the road and play Florida's winner next weekend at the winner's uh field uh next weekend so um you know we need to finish this thing up in a timely manner with the weather and whoever wins it they need to make their travel plans hopefully go down there and find a way to get a w and and meet me in enid oklahoma dude i i mean i'm sorry coach that would just be amazing and i'm, I'm gonna do my <laughs> best i mean i listen i'm already speaking into existence that lcc is going to win this thing this week how awesome would a trip to Florida and maybe to uh, for a trip? And it's a best of three series, right, Coach? Yes, it is. Two out of three. It's uh, one Florida team, one region 10 team. Oh, that sounds exciting, Coach. That would be so awesome. Like I said, having uh, – and like, let's see, I, went, I didn't go in 10, but I went in 8 in 08 with yeah. uh, the team uh, and had a blast doing that too. I just – Coach, it's just so freaking refreshing to be talking about LCC baseball the way we did back in the 2000s, sir. Absolutely. And like I said, I mean, uh, you can point to a lot of people, but I think the one you got to point to the biggest is what Coach Smith's done in a short time. Um, you know, he carries a mindset with him, uh, and he's kind of translated that into the kids and, and – I mean, they just go out there and battle. I mean, you've seen them all year. They go out there and battle, and they're never out of a game. They just 
time might run out a little bit sometime, but uh, they're a pleasure to watch. And, and we've got a lot of other teams that are that are fun to watch as well. So, uh, you know, I know a lot of Kansas people go to the beach on weekends. If you're down at the beach, please come by Big Rock Stadium and, and see. And that's another thing people don't realize is, you know, the baseball we play is a pretty high level. Uh, so you want to see a high-level baseball, please come down to Moorhead and, and check out uh, Region 10 Division Two tournament this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I'll definitely be there uh, tomorrow. Linda's going down with me on Friday. We already had a commitment on Saturday, so I hope. Uh, but but <clears throat> when they're playing for the championship Sunday, we're going to be there for that too. So Thursday, you know Friday, what? Sunday for us. Go ahead, Coach. I might buy you a tall <laughs> – glass of pepsi if we're paying that championship <laughs> on month on sunday hey coach i, I will, hope we are but i will uh, take that, it good. well listen i'm also going to be uh i'm helping out our friend junior smith third i'm going to be actually covering the game uh tomorrow night too and probably friday night too so i mean some good wi-fi up there that i can send a story from right oh yeah yeah i mean the the marlins uh and they're they're it's a little house but their office is right next to the stadium so you can always go in there if you need to, you know, have some quiet time uh, to put a story together. But the Marlins have always been very hospitable. Um, Buddy Bingo and his family own the Marlins. They're based out of Newburn, but uh, Buddy tears it up, especially in the summer between uh, Moorhead City and Newburn. But uh, they have always been big partners of, of Region 10. So we started playing a there and and we appreciate everything they do so yeah we can we can find you some wi-fi i love it well you introduced me to him last year we had him here on the show too so i appreciate that listen coach we're up against it i cannot begin to tell you how much i appreciate you i appreciate our friendship that we've had since like i said since basically the minute i I stepped off the ship here in uh, kinston lenore county yes i still carry the 20 to 25 caps in my car so i'm always uh (laughs) properly fitted wherever i stop inside joke for you and i you know exactly what i'm talking about there that's right but uh coach thank you so much i can't wait to see you this week uh down in moorhead city my friend all right sounds good safe travels and appreciate everything you do Absolutely. That's Coach Lynn Hartzell, uh, Region 10 Commissioner. Uh, Just one of the absolutely, positively great guys out there. Love that man to death. Listen, let's play the birthday game. We'll come back and wrap up this Wednesday edition of the Brian Hanks Show right after that. It's hump day. It's Wednesday, May the 3rd in the year of our Lord 2023. Time to play the birthday game. It's that game we play every day here on the Brian Hanks Show that Jonathan Massey wins a lot of, but John Dawson has uh, been doing pretty well lately. I mean, especially here in the month of May, we've only had two games, but it's tied one-to-one. And your knowledge of the great Leslie Gore yesterday, it's my body and I'll cry if I want to. It's like my buddy Mike Gagliano. He's down in Florida now, but he's a Mets fan, and every year when they win one game, he says, it won't last, but the Mets are in the lead. Yeah. <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not wrong, but uh, but you can win. I mean, you've won two of the past five months. I mean, there's nothing to say. I mean, you've kept him from winning two months in a row, like so far in 2023. Well, Brian, it's a it's a game of numbers and patience and smoke and mirrors and tail wags the dog. I'm I'm out of euphemisms. Well, good. Uh, Euphemize this. Wait, what? Uh, Tell us about GoEco Office Automation, John Dawson, uh, the title sponsor. the dark turn. Of this here birthday game. (laughs) Jock Paslake runs GoEco Office Automation, and they sponsor this segment. But don't hold that against Jock, because even though this is a low-rent, low-hanging fruit, lowest common denominator, it's really an atrocious segment. <laughs> God. But there's a, there's like FCC regulations where Brian has to do this segment. It's, a, it's red tape. It's not worth going into here. But Jacques has his stuff together. If you uh, have a business or an organization that needs a little extra bump, a little extra juice, you go see Jacques. He'll teach you how to make that $100 profit. He'll turn it into an thousand dollar profit in a matter of seconds what about the thousand dollar profit what does he turn that into oh you'll you'll be uh, tooting through silk in no time brian <laughs> what, what? <laughs> I, I don't even know what that means i had a train of thought going you derailed it i know i'm sorry john donaldson <laughs> <laughs> jonathan massey look right at him and call him john dawson <laughs> jonathan massey. hey wait a minute yeah i know jonathan massey <laughs> 
good God almighty, if we want to call Jacques <laughs> Passley to bail us out of this mess we've got ourselves into, how do we do it? Well, you just pick up the phone and you dial 252-252-286-286. And here's the big finish, boys. 5-3. Five, 5-3. Three. Five, three. Five, four. Five, four. Or you can visit his website at goecoNC.com or what is goeco.com. And while you're at it, head on over to bucklesberry.com. That's right. Why would you do that? We've got a column about some collard oh. seeds and marijuana seeds getting mixed up. It's a hoot. Oh, okay. But I can tell you why. It's a, it's a whole make-a-wish thing. <laughs> God. Okay, our first artist here. I've got my truck clean and I'm going out to five. This guy made a lot of people mad when he canceled a tour stop in San Antonio to watch the Duke versus Carolina Final Four game last year. That's the dumbest thing I've ever. And I'm a Carolina fan. That's the dumbest thing I've ever. Is that what Aldine? This one is Jason something. I don't know. Wait a minute. Put a drink in my hand. I actually know this song. Then again, if you bought a ticket to this, you might have deserved it. So never mind. <laughs> Eric Church. Yeah, That's right. Mr. Sunglasses. sounded so disappointed when I said that. Eric Church, both of you went, oh, yeah. Mr. Sunglasses. <laughs> there you go. Eric Church, John Dawson, you have the first guess. How old is he today? 44, Brian. You say 44. What do you say over there, Massey? 45. He was born May the 3rd, 1977. Wait a minute, chorus. I like this song, actually. This is pretty, it's like the only area called, All you gotta do is put a drink in my hand. Finally, somebody wrote a song about drinking. <laughs> <Yeah>. Finally. <laughs> we he finally got one. He was born May 3rd, 1977. He's 46. That means you get it there, Jonathan Massey. Finally, there's a country song about drinking. Wow. When you dance like that, you got that little tattoo. Playing Playing peaky peaky blue blue on your back. (laughs) (laughs) Dude. I just like that part because he says peaky boo. This is country music, right? Yeah, I know, okay. right? This new age, hippity dippity, hoppity woppity. He was the front man for uh, for this band uh, beginning in 1960, but he's got a powerful falsetto that has swooned many a female and John Dawson. He was born Francesco Stephen Castellucio, but we know him better as Frankie Valley. Frankie Valley made a couple of appearances, made at least one appearance on The Sopranos. Two or three. Was it more? Okay. Yeah. He was there during the uh, Steve Buscemi arc. The song? Can't keep my eyes off of you. Can't take my eyes off of you. Yeah. It's a good song. Dude, I like this. I do too. That guy in the Four Seasons that wrote all the songs wrote a bunch of great songs, and Frankie could sing them. Yes, he could. And this isn't really using his uh, that falsetto. Big girls don't cry goes high. Jonathan looks like he's trying to sneak out the window here. The- looks like he's trying to rip his beard off. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jonathan. No, I've got, I've got an almost two-year-old that is more than willing to try to do that. Oh, when, I, when, I, when I had hair, both of my kids, they would just crawl into it and disappear for days. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing is he actually had three. And we, they, we never found the third There's one. One yeah. still stuck up there. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Frankie Valley over there, Jonathan Massey. How old is he today? Hold on, hold on. That's a good song, man. You know what? 
they don't cry. Say something, man. 80, 81. You say 81. What do you say, Jonathan Perry Dawson? 84. He should have kept going. May 3rd, 1934. 89 years old I today. I think he's still performing. Yes, he I is. Think. Yes, he is. Who got Eric Church? You did. Okay, it's so one-to-one. it's one to one now. We've got another musical hint. I love this. And if you mock it, I'm going to be so angry at you, uh, John Dawson. It's not rap or anything like that. Challenge I love accepted. this. 80s hair metal. Oh, 80s power ballad. got a good beat. It does. Oh, Christopher Cross. I'm not going to. Why would I trash I Christopher Cross? I don't know. I thought you would try. I love Christopher Cross, This is man. the guy that sounds like he's driving by when he's singing. Sailing <laughs> That's a Richard Jenny bit. <laughs> That's true, though. Yeah. Oh, I love Christopher Cross, man. He is one of the originators of Yacht Rock. He had to feel it. Deep Purple were playing in Texas in like 1969 or 70. Richie Blackmore, the guitar player, was sick. Christopher Cross filled in on guitar for Deep Purple. Oh, my God. Tell me about and it. And did well, I'm assuming. I, they got away with it. I mean, I'd love to find a tape of it. When was this guy popular? This is like 1980, 82. Ooh, yeah. Uh, me, okay. Uh, no, actually, 79. 1979. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. It's still ballpark. That's fine. Uh, I love this song. It's not your turn. It's John Dawson's turn. It's one-to-one. One. He won yesterday. Oh, yeah, that's right. All huh. oh, the candles can do miracles. I don't know, man. 72. Just you wait and see. 72. Oh, there you go. Wait, hold on. You said 73 the first time. No, you said 72. I promise. I want this played back. 72. <laughs> He was born May the 3rd, 1951. He is indeed 72 years old. Congratulations there. Wait a minute. Soon I will be free. You get caught between the moon and New York City. That was his other big one, wasn't it? Yes, it, it was. Yeah. Arthur's theme. Oh, that was the theme to Arthur? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, never, I didn't theme. see the movie until like 20 Arthur's years Arthur's theme, parentheses, theme to, uh, or, uh, hold on. Best that you can do. Arthur seemed. So this is between the moon and New York yeah. City. Okay. Yeah, we'll give it a second. We're in great shape, Tom was. He has a very unique voice. It sounds like a uh, mellow Billy Corgan is what he sounds like. What do you say? Oh, wait a minute. Well, here you go. I know it's crazy. I, I would never slam. I, I slam thought you this. would. I thought you would. So I like this. This song's called what now? Arthur's theme. Princey's no, no, best saying, that you can do. Caught between them. Yeah. What? If you get caught between the moon and New York City. Was he singing about Kate Smith? Wow. Chains kept breaking. <laughs> <laughs> this was a good song. Okay. The cow you, jumped over the moon. And got stuck. <laughs> <laughs> you are going to hell. I'm just telling you that right now, okay? Uh, <laughs> I'll keep your seat warm there, bucko. There you go. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You lead two to one, John Dawson, but it goes to you, Jonathan Massey. He's no. an older brother. Did I just say it wrong? <laughs> no. Oh. You, you're right. I was messing with you. He's the older brother of Brian. It's sportscaster Greg Gumble. Gumble. Gumble, there you go. Uh, how old is he today over there, uh, Jonathan Massey? We're going to have a new game called Gumble or Goebbels. Goebbels. <laughs> how old is he today, Jonathan Massey? 81. You say 81. What do you say, Jonathan Dawson? It's not Bryant. It's the brother it's of Bryant. It's Greg Gumble, Bryant's big brother. Big brother. Yes, oh, his older I brother. I thought Bryant was older. Okay, no, I got Greg that Gumbel wrong. Greg Gumble is older. You said 81, did you? He said 81 indeed. Oh, you have to play it back to find out. 
Make an assumption. Make an assessment. 80. He was born May the 3rd in the year of the Lord, 1946. So he is 77 today. Congratulations. You've already clinched today, John Dawson. Rarer. Rarer, indeed. Uh, you lead uh, You lead three to one, two days to one so Back far. Back to you, Clark. <laughs> there you go. Man, okay, uh, this, uh, this uh, artist died in 2006. But, man, I'm going to play something, and then you tell me what to play because, I mean, yeah. there are so many, so many great songs to choose from. But uh, I'm going to go with this. Get up and do my thing. James Brown. Yeah. I want to get into it, man. You know, like a like a sex machine, man. Yeah. Moving, Moving, grooving, doing it, you know. Doing it, you know. Can I count it off? You can hear the bass drum squeaking. It's so good. Get up, get on up, stay on the scene. Get on up, like a sex machine. Get on up, get up, get on up, get up, get on up. Get on up, get on up, get on up, come on, Jonathan, get on up, get on up, wait a minute, shake your here we go, and use your farm, stay on the scene, I like a sex machine, you got to have the feeling, shoot your bone, it's a quote, John Dawson, how do you remember such complex lyrics? Get on up. Have I seen a video of James Brown where he's coming up from the microphone? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Genius. Man, James Brown, man. Now, was Maceo with him at this point? Yes. Okay. So, Maceo might be playing in the background here. Yep. I love it. James Brown, he passed away in 2006. How old? Get on up. All right. All right. Get on up. No, I'm doing it. (laughs) Get on up. This is this is how Brian has. Never mind. <laughs> I gave Nick Harvey Senior a James Brown. I, I've been I accumulate James Brown albums as I find them, and I had a James Brown box set that was overlap with my other stuff. So I gave it to Nick Harvey Senior recently. So if you see him, ask him is he liking the James Brown. You know where I will. You know where I hung out with him at? Where? Jerry Stackhouse's after party. Oh my. I didn't know anybody else in the room other than Jerry and his wife mm-hmm. and Nick Harvey, the lawyer. He and I, can well, I he's you entertaining something? by himself. Oh, he was awesome. Yeah. Let me tell you, he had on uh, like this really nice pair of slacks, a, a nice coat, and a uh, Carolina jersey because they told everybody to wear uh, Jerry Stackhouse jerseys and stuff like that. So I wore that one right there, that Washington Bullets uh, mm-hmm. Jerry Stackhouse jersey. You know who the couldn't coolest? wear a Carolina jersey, could you? Oh hell no. You know who was the coolest looking person at that party? And there was probably Nick Harvey. Nick Harvey was absolutely. You know how he carries himself anyway. Yes. You know, I mean, he is just, he's so, what's the word I can, I mean, like royalty. I mean, he does. I mean, he just has this presence about him. That word would be regal. Regal, thank yeah. you. He carries himself very regal. When he shakes his hand, you know, John Dawson, you've had your head shaken by a man. I also gave him a pair of drumsticks recently because he finally he's getting back into playing drums before he had that car accident. Nick Harvey. Nick Harvey. Oh, let's do this. No way. Way. <laughs> there you go. That is awesome. But uh, I love it. I will next time I see him. If I'd have known that before I went to Jerry Stackhouse's invitation only after party. And uh, I would have asked him there, okay? Yeah. I didn't you know, know anybody there. Rasheed Wallace was there. Well, you know I don't that? know Rasheed Wallace. Well, you know of him. I know of him, yeah. You know enough about the guy to make a Can conversation. Can I tell you something, dude? This shit, is crazy. Okay? <laughs> I mean, I'm not joking. Well, he, would, he would sit there, and you can ask Paul Whittington, because I took Paul with me yeah. to it. He would just start barking. Rasheed Wallace. Yeah, I'm sorry I missed that. <laughs> Drive two hours, listen to somebody bark. (laughs) It was a yeah. It was a little unnerving that. uh, Why was he barking? I don't know. Was he hungry? No, (laughs) I don't know. But I think he's a Q. You know, he's uh, in that fraternity, and they bark sometimes. Right on, right on, get on up. (laughs) I love it, John. Just out of the blue, hit me with that. Then the great James Brown. How old would he be if he were alive today, John Dawson? He did die. 17 years ago. Shake your money maker. Shake your money maker. His birthday, John. Give me a little cold sweat. Give me a little cold sweat while I'm thinking. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know. 92. 
Hold on one second. I gotta find Cold Sweat. Is that the name of the song? Yes. Ninety-two. I can. Can you not close your eyes and see him dancing to this? Yes. Ninety-two. You say ninety-two. What do you say, Jonathan Perry, Dawson, uh, Massey? Ninety-one. He was born May third, nineteen thirty-three. So he would be 90 years old today, so you get it. Not that it matters because John uh, Dawson already wrapped up today. But it is now uh, 2 to 2, or uh, it's 2 to 1 here in May. Hey, a local birthday, and I know it's a guy you know that uh, Rob House, who works for yes. WRNS, very, very good dude. Great dude. Uh, it helps sell some of the ads for uh, WRNS and uh, 960 Bull. Super, super, super good guy. But if today is your birthday, like. When you kiss me, Ow. like James Brown, like Rob House, have a great birthday. We will see you tomorrow. Yes, I'm screaming, John Dawson. <laughs> Dawson's a tell them what they're doing, man. What Dawson's doing? Uh, he apparently had a back spasm. <laughs> He's dancing with a hockey stick. That's awesome. In a cold sweat. There you go. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow on the birthday game presented by GoEco Office Automation. Ow! Dude, I've laughed so much you've made my stomach hurt. Tell you about the dudes and Okay. And there you go. Uh, Great birthday game there. Just absolutely love uh, James Brown. I know I'm going to be singing that now the rest of the day. Get on up. Get up. Get on up. Anyway, uh, listen, if today is your birthday, like we said right there, have a great birthday. Uh, and again, thank you to GoEco Office Automation. Thank you to our uh, our day one sponsors. Love every single one of them. LCC, UNC, Lenore Healthcare, GoEco Office Automation, Spence Automotive, uh, Woodman Life Rental Parrot Academy. We appreciate every one of them. And uh, those are our day ones. And uh, the Kinston Police Department, the Down East Wood Ducks. It was Wood Ducks Wednesday, but uh, we'll, we'll have Wood Ducks people on next week. Uh, don't you dare fear about that. One more time, I want to thank uh, Junius Smith III, Gary Smith, Lynn Hartzell for joining us here on today's show. Tomorrow, we'll have Shane Albion from uh, Wayne County and the Down East Wood Ducks. We'll also have... Uh, uh, Jackson Massey, David Combs on tomorrow to preview the big North of North, South North game tomorrow night in deep run. Have a great, great, great hump day. We'll see you tomorrow on the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. Mm-hmm.